I realize the Spirit of the Lord is working in this place and at the chance of missing God, I feel like I need to communicate what I believe the Holy Ghost has given me. So you may be seated, and uh, I feel very, um, as they were singing and I was standing there, I feel very impressed in my spirit from the Lord to not, I think as most of you know, if you're not a guest, you know I, I know how to get passionate when I preach. But I, I, I feel I, the last few moments I've felt impressed in my spirit that I, I need to I need to rein it in. I don't mean put a cap on God, but I I don't I don't want to risk emotion that's not God bleeding through. So I'm gonna, I'm going to give you my title. I don't know how much preaching this will be because right now I feel more impressed to read what I feel like the Lord has given, the verses the Lord has given me. I'm sure I will say some things, but I, 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 I don't intend to preach very long. But I will tell you, and there's nothing, hear me, everybody hear me carefully, there is nothing wrong with what's happened. But where we need to go, where we need to go, For God to truly do that, it's not going to be about us ministering to others. Sometimes, one will really rein all the emotion in. I mean that in a positive way, whatever. If you're not careful, sometimes you can get so focused on ministering to everybody else, you miss when God's trying to talk to you. So... Let me just tell you this, whenever I, I, there's nothing, there's nothing more, I don't know if rewarding is the proper term, but it is a very rewarding thing when you don't have to give an altar call, when there is a response that means you don't have to do that. But if we get to that point, at least for the first few moments, you don't need to be praying for anybody else. You either need to pray for you or you just don't need to pray. I know that's not the norm, but I'm just telling you what I feel. I'm going to give you my title in advance. (laughs) And um, when you hear my title, maybe you'll understand a little bit more why I feel to do what I just said. Here's my title, or hopefully the Lord's title. When God hates what He created. I didn't say who. When God hates what He created. Isaiah chapter 1, beginning with verse number 7. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. I don't think that's the way it's supposed to go. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. 
And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage and a vineyard, as a lodge and a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. Can I just insert for a moment? You better not ever get into the trap of measuring truth by numbers. Because it's not an uncommon thing that in the midst of a crowd, God reserves a remnant. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear ye, or hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. I want you to hear these next few verses. If you, if you can read it on a device, or if you got your Bible, I, I wish you, I'm going to read several verses here and I, I think it would be helpful if you could try to follow along. But if you don't have something to do that on, then obviously you can just listen. Hear the word of the Lord, verse 10 says. Now listen, listen to what the word of the Lord is. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord. I am full of burnt of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Who's told you to do this? Who's instructed you to do these things? Bring no more vain oblations. This next statement. He says, incense is an abomination unto me. Now wait a minute. If you go and read through Exodus, Leviticus, and Chronicles, you will find, and Numbers, you will find in those chapters alone 13 times where God talks about Sweet incense. You found sweet incense in the tabernacle. You found sweet incense as a part of the service of the Lord. But now look what he says. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with it. Cut it out, he says. Sorry, i got to rein it in. I'm done with it. Now, wait a minute. We, we can find in the book of Joel where the Lord spoke through the prophet Joel and said, call in a solemn assembly. But here he says, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with your assemblies. Get rid of, I'm tired of them. It is iniquity. Even the solemn meeting. The very things he instituted, ordained, asked for. He now saying, stop it, stop it, just stop. Listen to this next verse or read it if you have it. When you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. When you make many prayers, I will not hear you. When you spread forth your hands to me as a sign of worship and surrender. He says, I'm going to hide my eyes. 
When you make prayers, I will not hear. <laughs> Hopefully they've never done it to you, because if they have and they're still alive, that's probably a miracle. Have you ever seen a child? Somebody's talking to them and the person won't shut up. That Maybe it's another little kid. And so they just stick their fingers in there. La, 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 la. That, that, that's kind of what God's saying. Pray all you want. I'm not listening. Pray all you want. I'm, I'm not listening. You can make many prayers. I, I will not hear you. You don't have to raise a hand. Anybody ever felt like, anybody feel like right now you're praying and God's just not listening? He tells us why your hands are full of blood. Let me tell you something, folks. I'm sorry, but I don't know where, wherever, wherever Whatever term you want to use, I'll use the term Christianity. Wherever, to, wherever, the, wherever Christianity has come up with the idea that you just do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, and I mean that in the context of worship, prayer, whatever else, and God will accept it, here's one place and there are others that let us know God is not simply about, well, I'll just take whatever you want to give me. He said, you can spread forth your hands, but my eyes are hidden. I'm not looking. You can pray, but I'm not listening because your hands are full of blood. Blood there is not in, in, in the context of here tonight and us and how it relates is that that represents you're guilty of some stuff. In this context, it's not that you're a murderer, but it's it's got, you've got the evidence on your hands. Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now. Let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. What he's saying there is, I don't care what the stains are. I don't care how much you've messed up. I, I don't care how much wrong you've done. I don't care how much the failures are. If you will come to me with the right attitude and the right approach, I'll take care of it. I'll take away the stain. I'll take away the reproach. I'll take all that away from you. After all of that very stern rebuke, he says, if you'll come to me the right way, I'll then respond the right way. Listen to Amos chapter 5, verse number 21. Listen, listen to what the Lord says through the prophet Amos. I hate, I despise your feast days. And I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. I'm, I'm not going to show up. Man, I tell you, there, I, I love, I thoroughly enjoy eating. Eating is one of my favorite pastimes. Man, there's nothing like walking through the door, especially at the end of a long day, walking through the door at home and opening that door and something just attacking your nose. Oh, I don't, I, Tasting is not good enough. That's why fruit-smelling, food-smelling candles make me very mad. I don't think we've had them in a long time, but the blueberry candles, that is, that is from the devil. 
Because there is a sense of excitement that comes with the smell, and when you find out it's a stupid candle burning. He said, I'm not going. You see, our, our prayer, our praise, our worship goes up as a sweet incense. It's a sweet aroma to him. But he says, I, I'm not going to smell your solemn assemblies. I'm not coming to see if there is a sweet aroma. Though you offer burnt, though you offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise. Make what is it? the psalmist says? Make a joyful noise. Man, that's an awesome verse because if you're not a good singer, that's okay. Sing anyway. Let it be a noise. And if you're happy when you do it, people around you may not like it, but he's good with it because he said make a joyful noise. I'm really not being facetious. I'm, I'm being serious. But look what he says here. He says here, your songs are noise. I will not hear the melody of the vials. What was what was in one time a joyful thing now? Anybody got any sounds that just grate you? You know, the old fingers, the old fingers on the chalkboard thing. He he's saying here, your your songs are noise. You're I'm not gonna hear the melody, I'm not gonna hear your music. It's It grates me. But let judgment run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. Have you offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness 40 years, O house of Israel? But listen to what he says. And here's the reason why he's so agitated with those things. You have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch and Chayun, your images, the star of your God, which you made to yourselves. What he's saying is, you're offering to me your songs and your melodies, but you've also got some other gods as well. You're giving me what I ask for, but you're also holding on to some other things. He says, I I don't want to hear it anymore. Isaiah 29 and verse 13, he says this, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth. You know what happened in this place? And I know, believe me, it won't be the last time, I'm sure, where I take the risk. And hopefully tonight I haven't missed it, and hopefully in the future I won't miss it. But but you know, part of what was happening in here a few moments ago, there were people that were not just drawing nigh to God with their mouth. There were people in this place that were not just giving lip service, but there were people in this place that something was breaking forth from the inside and there was, there was something that was breaking out from their heart. There was, there was something that was coming out of their innermost being. It was not simply lip service. They draw near me with their mouth and with their lips they do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. He's saying they're just, it's just lip service. It's just lip service. Just lip service. They're doing the right things. They're saying the right things. They're involved in the right activities. But when I go beyond the surface of what I can see, I find out that it's just, it's lip service. 
There's something in most of us, maybe everyone's not this way, but I, I would rather you not tell me you love me. I would rather you not tell me you appreciate me than for me to hear it from you in a way that sounds like you're doing it out of obligation. Every now and then, I'm, I still, man, 27 years, thank God she's got patience and mercy and grace, but I, I still miss the moment. Well, I wore this dress thinking you might like it. I, I do. I meant to say I did. Too late now. Oh, man. You, 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 you want, you, you know, I, I, I don't know your heart. I don't have a right to judge your heart. But there is someone that does. And I wonder how many times God may be looking at me saying, David, just, I'd rather, I know God doesn't use this word. All you kids, I'm sorry. Forgive your pastor for using this word. And if your parents tell you it's a bad word, it is a bad word. So I'll repent later. I just wonder sometimes if God's looking, David, just shut up. Shut up. I'd rather you stand with your mouth closed and do nothing than offer me some kind of obligatory I'd rather you sit down and do nothing than give, than give me your time and your effort because you feel like I have to. You draw nigh with your mouth. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. When I, when I read Isaiah 1, to me, what God is saying is, I've had enough of you just doing the right things, but your heart not being in it. I've, I've had enough of you being involved in the right activities. I've had enough of you being involved in ministry and prayer and this and that, but you're just doing it out of obligation. Revelation chapter 2, I preached from these verses several months ago, but... Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored and has not fainted, if, if has, have not fainted. If he would have stopped right there, what a wonderful pedigree for a church i've seen how hard you work i i see how much you give there are people in this place that are so faithfully committed to various areas of ministry week after week after week and on one hand we, we we applaud ourselves and we applaud each other for that but it's not just the activity and the involvement that matters what matters is is my heart in this am i really truly not just giving my external but am i really giving everything i've got because the next verse after all of those compliments and they were compliments he says nevertheless i've got something against you you've left your first love i, I, I got an issue with you because you're doing all the right things but do you really love what you're doing 
psalmist said, I, I, I know, I, I, I don't know, I, I, it's probably just me. I don't know why I feel like I always have to qualify everything, and it, it's probably me. But I know this is not the house of the Lord, okay? I know that, but I think there's an application of that. And the psalmist said, I, I was glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I, I was looking for the opera. I was looking for the chance. I, you know what? I, 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 I said this, I've said this several times now, and I have a feeling some of you may not either agree with me or I may, this may make you mad, but I used to struggle with the idea, how does a couple that's been married 25, 30, 35 years end up calling it quits and getting a divorce? I used to think that is crazy. I don't understand that. I don't know how that could, I mean, I'm thinking by the time you get to 30 and 35, surely, man, you're locked in for life in a good way. But I got to be honest with you, the last probably five years, I've come to see that different. Because having been married 27 years and in that last five years or so, knowing we still have gone through some challenges and struggles. <laughs> Sometimes where I'm like, are you kidding me? We've been doing this for 25 years and we're still struggling with this? And it becomes easy just to say, forget it. I'm not condoning that. I'm not, scripture doesn't give us that option. Or, how is it that two people can stay together but really live independent, separate lives? Because they learn to just go through the motions. I think this is, I'm almost done. I think this is the, the simple, concise antidote to that. It's found in King David's response to the rebuke from the prophet when he pointed his finger at the king and said, You're the man who's done wrong. Psalms 51 is that prayer that David prayed to God in response to being corrected by the prophet. And in verse number 12, he says this, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free Spirit. Listen to two other translations of that. The New Century Version says, Give me back the joy of your salvation. Keep me strong by giving me a willing spirit. Give me back the joy of your salvation. And keep me strong by giving me a Willing spirit. I, I, I'm preaching to this congregation tonight. I'm not preaching to the church world. I, I'm not preaching to all other Christians or disciples. I, I'm preaching to this congregation right now. 
I, I, I'm not, I know it's always been there, Brother Mew, Brother Middleton. I, I know it's always been there, but it just feels like to me lately, I, I've never heard so much opposition to, to the, to the will of God and the plan of God. And I don't know that I've ever heard so much of, so many people wanting to argue and debate with God and with the ministry. I don't agree with that. I don't. I am a human being and I am, I am more than capable. I have and I will, I'm sure in the future fail. I do not, this is infallible. I am not infallible. This is infallible. But I will tell you, I don't take this job lightly. I don't take this responsibility lightly. And I understand that I've got to give a word, an account for every word. I'm going to have to stand before God and, 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 and I wrestle all the time with the need to preach what I believe the truth of the Word of God is, no matter what people think, no matter what people like, no matter what people's preferences and opinions are. And so I live under the weight of responsibility. I want to preach everything God wants me to preach. But Brother Barr, the last thing I ever want to do is in my own flesh, Say or do something. I got a question. I, I, I got a... Just, I'm not upset. That's why partly I feel like the Lord impressed me to stay calm. I got a question. How much have you studied and prayed about your opinion? How much have you studied and prayed about your opinion that you so freely share with everybody? I don't agree with what he said. I don't agree with doing it that way. Because I'm going to tell you before I ever say it, I make sure I pray and find out what I believe. Again, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. I am not saying that everything I say or do is infallible. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I check regularly the motive. And my motive is I want to be more like him. And my, my desire in this pulpit and as the pastor of this congregation is that everything I say is to challenge you to be more like Him. Give me back the joy of your salvation. Keep me strong by giving me a willing spirit. I am made strong by a willing spirit. If I am made strong by a willing spirit, then is it stand to reason I am made weak by an unwilling spirit? And the Message Bible says it this way. Bring me back from gray exile. I like, I love this next part. Put a fresh wind in my sails. Put a fresh wind in my sails. There is this thing that can happen out in the ocean. And if you are in a sailing ship that is powered by the wind alone, it is a very dangerous place to get. If I'm not mistaken, that place is called the doldrums. The doldrums is a place where you get into the ocean and there is absolutely no wind. 
And again, if you are powered, if your source of power is the wind, if you are a sailing ship and you get in that position, you are stuck. And you are now at the mercy of the direction that the ocean is flowing. That's why I like, I know it's the messy Bible. That's why I like the way it says it there. Put some wind back. God, I recognize there's some times I've gotten into the doldrums. I recognize there's some times I've gotten stagnant. I recognize there's some times I've gotten stale. I know some of you like leftovers, and I know some of you think there's some things that are better as leftovers than they were at the first. Some of you like cold pizza in the morning better than you like it fresh out of the oven. God bless you. But I'm going to tell you something. God is not a God of leftovers. I, I, I am one of my, one of my favorite things from a fast food restaurant is a big hot ham and cheese from Hardee's. That is one of my all time favorite things to get at a fast food restaurant. I was on the Eastern Shore. There's not many of them around. There was, I was on the Eastern Shore the other day and coming back, I pulled into Hardee's and I grabbed one. Man, I got in the car and I was all excited. I had my big hot ham and cheese and I took a big old bite, man, in the middle of the meat's like about that thick and a big hot ham and cheese. And I went to take a bite of that. Man, I got about a third of the way into that and it was barely even warm I'm like okay this is a big ham and cheese we need to take the hot out I wonder sometimes if God sees that we're offering I am offering you something God here it is and he goes to take a big old whiff of the incense only go oh It's amazing. Some things that smell real good, you let them sit around and become stagnant and stale. And something that was a sweet incense has now become a stench. I haven't come tonight. I don't feel my motive. Let me just say it this way. My motive tonight is not a rebuke. My motive tonight is a challenge to this congregation. I think you could fit us into the category of what was said to the church I just read to you. I know your labor. I know your effort. I know your work. I I know how hard you do things. I know how much you give yourself to things. But as unfair as it may sound to the flesh, God is saying, I need you to do more than just do. I need you to do more than just do the right things. I need... I needed to come from the inside. I I needed to be motivated by a passion and a hunger and a desire. I, I needed to be motivated by the fact that you've come to offer up a fresh sacrifice or, or you're giving me something fresh and new. You're not giving me what you are out of obligation or duty. I want the musicians and the praise singers to come back. I'll ask them to begin. Sing that same song again. And this time, I'm not interrupting. And probably, in fact, in just a few moments, I'm going to put the microphone down. It is my sincere hope that the spirit and the atmosphere that was here a few moments ago will reignite in this place. And I'm asking every individual that considers this your church 
Every individual that considers this your congregation, I'm asking you to open your heart up to the Lord tonight. And, 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 and again, man, we do, we do. We, here we are. It's a Sunday night and many of us were here sun, this morning in ministry and involvement and you're going to be in ministry and involvement throughout the week. And, but, but it's got to be more than just obligation. It's got to be more than just duty. It's a scary thing to me when the Lord says, Who told you to do all that stuff? Um, <laughs> you did, God. You're the one that offered, that required incense. You're the one that required sacrifices. You're, you're the one that in, instituted the Sabbaths. And you're the one that gave us the assembling together. And you're the one. And then and, and he responds and says, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm so, I'm sick and tired. The very thing he instituted and created, he responds and says, I am done with it. 20, 27 and a half. I know there's people here tonight that you've got, you've got more than us. 27 and a half years. There have been a time, there have been a few times it was a little stale in our relationship. On my side, not hers. There was in a little time, there have been some times where things have gotten a little stagnant. But you know what? The solution wasn't she needed another husband or I needed another wife. The solution wasn't we needed another relationship or the solution wasn't the institution of marriage was now out of date. The, the issue wasn't marriage is old fashioned. The issue wasn't that marriage is something of the past. The issue was we, we needed a second or a third or a fifth or a tenth honeymoon. And that fire gets rekindled. And what may have felt a little stale gets reignited. And we both reached the point at 27 plus years where I am more excited most of the time about our relationship and more in love now than I have ever been before. But there have been some times if I wasn't careful, I was just going through the motions and doing it out of obligation and the relationship was faltering. I'm so, I'm so concerned. I am so concerned that we start eliminating things because we think that's the solution. I'm so concerned that we start taking things out of our lives because they've gotten stale and old to us. And the problem is not that the thing needs to go. The problem is, I'm sorry. When I've just gone through the motions, I'm sorry, God, when I've just done my thing, my way, not really caring about what you wanted or what it meant to you. Take me back to where I started. Take me back to the beginning. God, restore. When they get ready to sing this and they can, you can start as they sing this. I, I wonder if there's anybody tonight that you, you join with the psalmist. Restore unto me. Restore unto me, God, the joy of my salvation. 
think back to what it was like when you first got the Holy Ghost, when you were first born again. Think back to that excitement. Think back to the anticipation. Think back to what you did and what you gave God out of gratitude and appreciation. And it it came from the depths of your being. Take us back. We... We don't want guests to walk into a stale atmosphere. We, we don't guess to walk into a stale environment, whether that's a small group oikos or a service or celebrate recovery. We don't want them walking into a stale atmosphere because we're just doing what's expected out of obligation. Take us back. Take us back. I'm not here for. You don't owe me. Oh, you don't owe me anything. Jesus, you don't owe me. You don't owe me anything. I'm sorry for coming up with an attitude that you owe me something. You don't owe me. You don't owe me anything. Oh, you don't owe you've already done and given so much. You don't owe me anything. But oh, there's so much more than I can continue giving you. And I'm sorry. Not an obligation, not a duty, not a ritual, not a habit. And I'm just come through. But let it come from the depths of my being. I'm sorry. In the name of Jesus. I just sing another song. In the name of Jesus. Take me back to where Take we started. Take us back. Restore to us, restore to us the joy of our salvation. Restore to us the joy. Restore to us the joy of our salvation, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Not obligation. Not because I have to, but because I get to. I don't worship you. I don't serve you. I don't want to do those things because I don't have a choice. I don't want to do them because I feel like I have to, but I want to do it, God, because I desire to do it. I want to do it as an expression of gratitude to you for what you've done for me. Oh, take me back. Restore, God. Restore the joy of our salvation. Oh, God, don't let it be here that the very things you instructed us to do. The very things that you've directed us to do, they become the very things you hate and despise because of the way in which they're done, because of the attitude and spirit with which they are done, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus.